and welcome to the anniversary edition of the podcast. This week we celebrate a year of the Courageous Mama. I'd been sitting on the idea for a couple of years, but with everything going on in family life and in life, and with the enormous step that it felt to be, I put it off and put it off. And then last year, Mother's Day just seemed to be a poignant moment to launch. The country was heading into home education, something that I had been doing for about 20 years. I knew that the intensity of all living in a confined way would put pressure on family life. And I felt that there were some key tools that could help, along with encouragement and solidarity. So I launched. Now, a year later, a short break for Christmas, we've clocked up 51 podcasts. Mums, dads, psychologists, counsellors, coaches, influencers, leaders, alongsiders have brought us their hard-earned riches from their wealths of knowledge and their own experiences of family life. I have loved it. I've loved the feedback. I've loved hearing the difference that various input has made on different families. Little differences, big differences, lasting differences. Sometimes it's just a nugget that gets someone through the day and at other times an epiphany that causes a little tectonic shift that impacts family life and that will in turn impact generations to come. I often notice that people will invest in help when it comes to diet, when it comes to exercise, self-help stuff in so many different areas. But in parenting, we can just bumble along doing our best without necessarily an expectation that we could invest in ourselves. And then even if parents are willing to, they're so busy actually just getting on with it that there doesn't always feel that there's that time for investment, for reflection. So this podcast, I hope, has been a way to make that easier, a way to bring bite-sized insights to the busy parent, to invest in our ability to learn tools that impact our connection, our relationship with our children, to empower, equip and encourage each other as we go on the crazy, complex, stretching, rewarding, exhausting but exhilarating journey of parenting. So this week I'm doing something slightly different. I've invited my friend and fellow coach Laura Mears to turn the tables on me. So we sat by a very noisy crackly fire with the dog, a head cold on my part and dug into life, the podcast and courage. Here's our conversation. Mads, today it's all going to be about you because it's the anniversary of your podcast. How do you feel? Turning the tables. Amazed. Exactly. Amazed that, uh, yeah, I've got a year under my belt. That's amazing. And you've been through so many different conversations. You've worn different hats. You've had a whole load of different people come through this podcast. How do you feel about it? Anything going through your mind today? I feel I'm loving it more than I expected to. I knew it would be a big task stepping up to it because I don't have a team of people to do it for me. I am so enjoying the journey and I'm particularly enjoying the community that's building, mm. the people that get in touch mm. or the people that you know I might see who say, oh, I listened to that one on such and such and that affected how I 
spoke to my son about something or other. I love the feedback. Who wouldn't love more of it? But I mm. really enjoy that mm. side of it. And why did you choose a podcast specifically to get your message out? To be honest, I think it just felt like a really natural extension of what I was doing anyway. Mm. So, of course, we've just had a year of lockdown, but... I was speaking at events, uh, festivals, uh, conferences, lit fest, doing parenting courses. Mm. So there was a lot of spoken word. I love the spoken mm. words. Mm. Words is my love language. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I think having written the book mm. and also seeing parents on an individual basis, one of the things that I wanted to do was to commit some of the five kind of basic principles mm -hmm. to a recording mm -hmm. so that as I chatted to people or as people sort of catch you at a, you know mm -hmm. in the park or something you go oh, I'm struggling with such and such I thought right I can point them mm -hmm. to one of those mm -hmm. and also I then thought that if people wanted to do like a book group or a pa parenting course type thing together they had the basics mm -hmm. to chat through so my first dream was to get those out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm and then see whether or not I was still mm. running. And I did do a bit of radio back in mm. my heyday. Mm. Mm. So probably it's something that I was naturally fascinated with. Mm. So you've got some experience of the spoken word, as you say. And you just said, it's my love language. What do you mean by that? Words are my love language. Yes, well, I had to have to point them to the podcast on love languages. Mm. But we all have different ways that mm. we like to feel loved mm. and for some people that'll be a gift for some people that'll be an act of service you know that person will love a cup of tea in bed or mm. um, for me words of affirmation words of attention and using words and I think often people who have words as a love language do just love the spoken word and new vocabulary I love that mm, <laughs> that's lovely so that's the how so you're communicating about parenting through words, through the spoken word often. So I'm also interested in the why. Why are you doing this? You know, mm. What motivates you? And why parenting? Yes, why, I know, exactly. It really, if, you'd, if you go back and tell my colleagues from my early days, this is what I'm doing, I think they'll go, mm, 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 mm. I don't think so. <laughs> so we do morph, don't we? Just tell us a bit about that, though, in your early days. You know, you where were back? you? Yeah, tell us oh, about okay. your past. Right, so, I mean, I, I had a couple of sort of um, distractions. I worked for the Ski Club of Great Britain and various, but my real aim was I wanted to be an actress or a stockbroker. So... <laughs> Knapsack on back, I headed to the city of London and I got a job as a sort of lowly desk assistant on an amazing dealing floor, a massive wow. dealing floor in London, Drexel, Burnham, Lambert, they're not in existence anymore, the big bank that was brought down with the Michael Milken insider trading affair, which wow. you might be too young to remember. Then I made my way up and uh, did become a salesperson on the US stock market or what some people call in lay terms a stockbroker. Did you have to wear one of those jackets? No, because it wasn't <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, the floor had gone to desks. So, yeah, no, and that would be on the life market. That's the futures market. So, no. <laughs> and did you love, what did you enjoy about that life? Oh, wow. I mean, I loved that everything was current. There was no mm. intray. Mm. Whatever didn't get achieved that day didn't really go on to tomorrow. Mm. It was very relationally based. Mm. It was all about clients and enjoying your clients getting to know your clients working out what their needs were meeting their needs mm. getting analysts to meet clients or new mm. companies to meet clients it was interactive mm. it, it just mm. felt really mm. big and loud and crazy 
mm. chaotic and I think it just really appealed to me back then. It's <laughs> amazing. Have you taken anything from that time that you can see is useful now? I think you build confidence, don't you, mm. as you go. But I think also probably one of the things I needed to learn was to dial myself down a bit, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be a bit wiser and more thoughtful about the things that I did rather than just doing everything flying off the seat of your pants. Because I guess radio and, you know, because the stock market is live, decisions mm. that you make have to mm. be instantaneous. Mm. They're not that dissimilar. Okay, so you did the stock market, and mm. it sounds like that was a blast. But you've also mentioned that you did some time on radio as well. What was that about? Yes, so I was starting to do a radio course and then the city all got too much so I I, I couldn't I didn't have the time for that. But when I left the city, a radio station contacted me and said, Would you like to come just do a morning a week? Mm. And so I did sort mm. of special projects mm. and just interviewing people and having fun really mm. and learning digital mm. radio because I had mm. learned in cutting tape. And piecing it together that's how we edited back in the early days wow so there's this kind of um, line of speaking that runs through your life isn't there the interaction with people yes through I the spoken so. word yes. that's almost like the bridge that i can see from one from the stock market to the radio to now the podcast that you're doing so where does parenting fit in then into that equation why are you talk choosing to talk about parenting in this season brilliant question we have five children and our third child was on the spectrum. He was a total conundrum. Mm. I think if we'd had two, we'd have gone, mm. we're pretty good at this. Mm. I mean, mm. we'd have been wrongly <laughs> smug. <laughs> and the third came along, broke mm. the mould. And mm. there just mm. were not parenting strategies out there mm. that met the depths of need that we had. Mm. I had to really dig deep, mm. <laughs> search far. And when I found what we were looking for, I just wanted to tell the whole world mm, mm, because it's mm. so life-changing mm, mm, and so character-building mm, that that desire in me to go back, you know, it's taken years mm, to hone and develop and, and, and condense it and have it readily available. Mm, but n now at this stage, I just think, as much as I'd love to go back to my early self and say, here, have these, these will be life-changing. Mm that's what I want to share I suppose mm. it's just a, a, a passion mm. <laughs> passion to equip people mm. equip empower and encourage I love that's those what words. runs through the center of me wonderful words aren't they mm. so you're equipped you're empowered you're encouraged so you, have you got it all sewn up then is that oh, all sorted goodness, I wish. <laughs> Laura, you know I haven't no not at all and I think that's probably part of the journey is I don't think we have to. I think mm. we're always a work in progress. Mm. Our children are work in progress. And, and one of the big mistakes I think we do make is to put the benchmarks so high mm. it's unattainable and we constantly feel like failures. Mm. Am I a much better parent than I was a few years ago? Yes, and, and I don't think that's just through experience. I think that's through a desire to grow and try things that feel uncomfortable mm. at first, but they make a difference to the children. That's so encouraging that even though you've already got this wealth of knowledge on this subject, you're also still learning new things. Definitely. Definitely. And I love it. I sort of hoover it up. So I was doing a podcast a few weeks ago with a girl from California, actually, and I was scribbling notes as she was speaking and applying things the next day. We're never finished, mm. are we? Mm. 
So that's obviously one of the reasons why doing the podcast is, appeals to you so much is that you're interviewing people and you're learning and, and you're constantly mm. living this out. I think that's really inspiring. So you're still learning as you go. Absolutely. And because we foster now, I'm still applying. And what's quite interesting about that is having written a book and, you know, spending so much time with different parents and then you get a new child coming into your house or, you know, more than one. And that child is not from your culture, mm-hmm. doesn't know your stuff. It really is the test bed of do those principles work or are they ideology? So that's been fascinating, working with other children and seeing whether or not they were. And they do. That's the really encouraging thing. But also, I'm still learning and I'm still needing to add tools to my basket. That's really inspiring that you're constantly putting your principles and your tools to the test. You know, it would be easy just to say, okay, we've got away with it so far. But you taking that risk, I think, oh, that's exciting. So where do you see this podcast going from here? I suppose that's a two-part answer. On the one hand, I'd love it to continue to grow, to extend its reach, to serve a wider and wider network of people. On the other hand, I would say that's not my benchmark for success. Mm -hmm. I know that worldly success is... The bigger your reach, the bigger your numbers, the more people on Instagram. I didn't come into it with that. And I was quite intentional about that in the first place because I thought, what really drives me, what really makes me say that was a good day? It'll be that one parent who says, I'm doing this differently now and it's Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. because of something you said. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the same as having celebrity status. Mm -hmm. That's not the same as having 100 million followers it's not an entertainment it's more of an interactive tool mm-hmm. I mean having said that the numbers grow they just do it's like going on a diet you don't watch the scale you watch what you eat and the scale moves mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it does just grow and I'm glad of that because I think it's rich but probably where I want to go with it is I think a broader and broader reach of people who come to it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm painfully aware of is I don't have a broad enough ethnic reach. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in all people of all nationalities, mm-hmm. of all backgrounds, of all colour, of all cultures mm-hmm. to bring their rich stuff to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's been difficult because we've been in lockdown and we're not coming across people and we live in a very limited area like that. Cheltenham just isn't very culturally diverse. And then, of course, I don't want to bring people on just because they're of colour, for example. I want to bring them on because they've got something to bring the podcast, but also they've got a different cultural approach. So I think I'd like to see its reach broadening across all of those different dynamics. That's brilliant. And I think a lot of us can echo that, that sentiment. And that's Mm. where I think we all hope the world is going. Yes, it's breaking down more and more of those barriers which Mm. your which your stuff does because it applies across every barrier doesn't it because parenting unites us doesn't it at the end of the day yeah yeah absolutely everyone can relate to it if even if they're not a parent you know they've got friends that are and they've been parented themselves so that's one of your hopes and dreams for the podcast are there any others if i had a magic wand i would love for as many parents as possible to understand the impact on their child's mental and emotional health of a few basic tools and parenting strategies. The massive change it makes to their innate sense of responsibility, 
to their resilience, to their sense mm. of not just hearing that they're loved, mm. but actually deeply knowing they're loved, which is something that we imagine just happens automatically in family life. But there are some tools mm. that enhance that, that enhance their sense of self and go on to really bed in deeply their confidence in their identity. And these are all things that we kind of think we might do innately, but actually there are a few tools, you know, I know now over 12, 13 years of teaching this sort of stuff that make an enormous difference to the outcome. And I would love that to be spread wide and be left as a legacy, but it does mean taking the time to hear those things and practice them in family life. That would be my dream, that parents would take the time to add those things into their kit mm. and upgrade their child's emotional and mental well-being. Now, some of those tools sound very prosaic, like empathy. Empathy is something that I've noticed that when people do wind into family life, they end up with different relationships mm. with their children. And I know that their children will go on to have different relationships with their children. That's wonderful. Do you think that parents are open to, to investing time really in how they parent? Is that something that is established here in the UK? Is that something that's emerging? Where are we? I think everybody is intrinsically interested in parenting and in their own children. So I might sort of get cornered at a, a drinks party and it's a well, little Bobby isn't doing such and such. They, they definitely want to solve a problem so it's more sort of reactive like that. I don't think anybody isn't interested in that. We all are, aren't we? In terms of growing their parenting skills, I think we are very behind some of the other countries, New Zealand, Australia, America. They'd have a parenting coach on every corner. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to say it's emerging. I'd say it's very early days. It's genesis mm -hmm. in terms of... Mm -hmm there being a culture here for people saying, oh, I'll go and find a parenting coach. There's mm. something overwhelming mm. about that. And it can feel a bit imposing. Mm. Like, well, why mm. should I need somebody? What's wrong with my parenting? Mm. I mean, people will, of course, and they do. You get, you get the pioneer types mm. who know. So interestingly, um, a couple that I spent six weeks with or saw six sessions, they hadn't even had their baby. Mm. And I was really interested in them. And I said to them at one of our last sessions, are you quite influential in your social group in an honest mm -hmm. moment? And they said, yes. And I thought, yeah, I bet you are mm -hmm. because you're vulnerable enough to go, we need more. Mm -hmm. And you want to set your culture in place before you've even had your baby. So that's your extreme pioneer. Mm. Then you get some of the parents of younger children who go, I know there are better ways to do this. Mm. I don't want to raise my voice mm. anymore. Mm. Those kind of parents will come. And then more often you'll get the parents who've hit the teens and gone, I've lost track. Mm. What's gone wrong here? So I love seeing parents of all age mm. children. But I think what I would love to see is a culture changing so that parents of young children mm. get advice in mm. before they need it. So good habits established at the early on so you mentioned there the phrase parenting coach now some people will never have heard that phrase mm. could you just tell us a bit more about what that means that's something you do isn't it it is and I think it's one of those expressions that I'm not entirely peaceful with I, it's it probably explains what you do but it, it sounds a little bit dominating you're not really coaching them you're coming alongside 
So another word would be parenting consultant, but that feels a little bit formal. So I don't think anyone's really coined the right expression yet. But what it really is, is sitting down with that person, that parent or two parents, really listening to where their stumbling blocks are, where their clash points are in family life, and giving them tools, whether it be for communication, for structure, for boundaries, for understanding their child, you know, it could be your five voices, the love language. Sometimes there's just one or two things that they need. And it's, so it's hearing and listening and with your smorgasbord in your mind thinking, right, mm-hmm. I think this will be life changing mm-hmm. for you guys. Mm-hmm. And that's what, yeah, parenting coaching is. I love it. Sounds like coaching to me. What are you doing currently then? That's one of the strands of the thing that you're involved in. You're, parent, you're doing parenting coaching. You're doing your podcast. What else does Mads' life look like at the moment? <laughs> Chaotic. <laughs> well, it's been busy because over lockdown, we had all of the children home. The first lockdown. that, But more recently, in the second lockdown, there were nine of us living here. So, quite honestly, Laura, mm. planning menus, mm. <laughs> running the Hoover. 24-7. Delegating. <laughs> Good. You didn't cook every meal, did you? No. No, they're brilliant like that. So there's that going on. I think we also try not to be human doings to really get the listening time in, mm. to play the games, to go for the walks. One of the things that really refreshes me is my friends. Mm. So trying to get a few walks mm. in a week with friends, mm. which I would do anyway. What's marvellous about lockdown is it means that more people walk. Mm. Absolutely. Which would have been my sort of thing of yeah. choice anyway. And you get always. those one-on-one times, don't you? Mm. Um, where you really get to know someone deeply. Which yes. is something I think that you're really good at doing, actually, Mads. And spending time with Con. We bought a fixer-upper as a house, so we're never quite at the end of what needs doing. So constantly applying DIY to to the house. Love. That reforming eye of yours, Mads, yes. being cast about the place. There you go. Okay, so we're getting on to a fun bit now, which is what you subject your podcasters to. I'm going to put it back because I know you to be an extremely courageous person. <laughs> so... And it doesn't have to be one, but I'm going to ask that question. What's the courageous thing you've done? I can see why people struggle to give one now that you've bounced that back on me. So I, I might give you a few. Go for it. All We'd right. love to be inspired by that. I have five children, but I have had 13 pregnancies. I had two ectopics between my first and second child. And then I had a number of miscarriages. Having another try felt a brave journey because so many times I had turned up for my scan and it was like no heartbeat. And so going there again, that felt courageous. I think when you asked me earlier what got us into parenting, there was an epiphany in our family when we moved across from punishments to consequences. Now, I know nobody would be calling them punishments, so how about I say from irrelevant consequences Mm -hmm. to relevant Mm -hmm. consequences, natural cause and effects, felt quite bold because I didn't know many people who'd done it. And it feels like you're taking your hands off the wheel. Mm It feels like a lack of control. It's like, what if they go wrong? What if they don't do that? And I am so glad we did. Mm -hmm. And I can look back at it and say that was a revolution. But at the time, it felt brave because the modus operandi you're using is often your comfort zone. Mm. 
and it was moving away from my comfort zone. So that was brave. Mm. And another thing that was brave was my husband's Australian and we really wanted to get married, but the system here was long and drawn out and quite prohibitive. So we rather cheekily just got married. (laughs) (laughs) So turning up to the British Embassy with our marriage certificate and having to go through, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Green Card. No, I haven't. Where they question, yeah, they question... Con in a separate room, me in a separate oh, wow. room, and see whether or not our migration or marriage is authentic. <laughs> what did they ask you? <laughs> well, funny enough, not he got a freckle on his right <laughs> thigh. <laughs> Interestingly, it was very different to what I expected. So I had seen Green Card, and he'd had to come up with what face cream she used. And I thought, A, I don't use face cream, and B, Con is not going to be familiar with my bathroom products. I'm sure it would go right over his head. But... Before I sat down, literally as I was descending into the seat, the woman who was interviewing me looked at me and she said, do you love him? Oh. And of course, I was just bonkers about him. And I, that was an easy one. It was so clever. Wow. It was so arresting because she didn't let me get comfortable. Off guard. Totally off guard. Mm. And clever. Very clever. Mm. And it was a woman as well. Mm. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they asked me all sorts of questions I couldn't answer like about our household bills and how many rooms in our house well I thought well, the postman knows how many rooms in our house they could guess that so slightly bizarre really strange wow. experience but it worked out we passed <laughs> <laughs> and here we are that's a great story. is it worth a, a watch the green card oh it's very old good film Julia, Julia Roberts Andy McDowell oh is it and Ooh. what's his name Depardieu it'll seem oh. terribly old fashioned but it's, I don't care about that though. it's good fun but it was relevant at the time because it came out around that time it was like oh, they're going to ask us what I can't answer <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed interviewing you Mads and asking these questions and hearing these gems every time we talk there's a gem that comes out and I definitely want to trade a coaching session I am just really keen Let's do it. to hear more <laughs> about consequences you enjoyed my chat with Laura. Do you usually find in family life that you're the one behind the camera, not in front of the lens? That's what it's like for me too. And it's definitely like that for me in podcasting life. I'm the one in the other seat asking the questions. So this week, it was good for me to experience what it feels like to be in the hot seat, to celebrate a year of the courageous mama. And I want to thank you for listening, for your feedback for your reviews, for engaging, for seeking me out and leaving encouraging comments. And whether you've just happened to listen today or listen once or twice, or whether you've been here for a bigger part of the journey, you're a regular listener and you even communicate with me. Whichever you are, I feel the sense of community and I'm deeply grateful for it. I'm also incredibly grateful to my friend, Laura Mears. She's a co-founder and guide of Salmon Swimming Consultancy, where she empowers individuals and teams to achieve their goals. I chose her because she's insightful, energetic, and she asks good questions because she's so genuinely interested in people, their goals and their progress. How apt for today's conversation. If you want to connect with her personally or on behalf of your organisation or corporation, her deets are in the show notes. And if you want to track me down, I'm the Courageous Mama everywhere. Instagram, blog, podcast 
and at Gmail. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I'll be back in the hot seat next Tuesday asking the questions. I'll see you then.